So we're going to welcome you to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to introduce, this is Aaron. You guys probably read about Aaron lots and lots of times on the page of a trainer that we refer to. He's worked with many of our rescues. Um, He's the only trainer that we recommend. <laughs> we recommend no other trainer. Zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that we wouldn't. We just haven't found one. That's right. <laughs> so um, when you this, find is, a this unicorn. is Aaron Stewart, and his website is The Educated Dog. And first of all, well, we welcome you. Thank you. And second of Thank all, you for coming, we, what, what we want to hear to, to begin with is just to kind of give us your background on how you started and your history and, you know, tell us about you. Uh, well, so I started studying dog behavior when I was really young. I had a unique uh, opportunity to do that because of uh, uh, some neighbors of mine who uh, traveled the world and did uh, videos of wild dogs and uh they never published any of it. They just had like a whole library of it. I was fascinated by it as a kid. I've always had dogs. Um, Did you grow up here? Are you local? Are you I, a local I grew boy? up in Houston. <clears throat> in Houston. Uh-huh. And uh, then I started dog training in my 20s. And then in my, uh, right around when I turned 30, I got the opportunity to interview with uh, training drug mom and human detection dogs um, and ended up doing that for uh, 15 years. Um, for uh, a police department? or uh, for a, The agency was called Interquest Detection Canine, so we trained dogs for ourselves. So I had to be licensed to do seiz- searches and seizures, and we trained dogs for other agencies. So it was a um, really interesting business to to be in did you get when you did that did you get pups from breeders or where where was the source of dogs for that kind of training uh rarely did the dogs come from uh breeders uh we did occasionally but uh, most dogs we started them out at around uh four months old um because they had to be tested for the work Mm -hmm. and their like their prey their prey drive their ball drive had to be the most important thing to them like they had no quit in them mm-hmm. because if you if a dog would fetch a ball a few times and they'd stop we would call them a quitter yeah you can't have a quitter on a job yeah. or if a dog's fetching a ball and it's like squirrel <laughs> well you can't have that yeah. either it's got to have that drive and focus uh, so dogs came from a lot of different sources. Um, shelter dogs, rescue dogs. Shelter dogs, people um, donating dogs to us. They just came from, and um, only one out of approximately forty dogs would even make it into the program. Yeah, and you know it's because it's funny. You have you know golden retriever, Labrador retriever. And you'd be surprised how many retrievers won't retrieve. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. once, and you're like, yeah. You know, so. Uh, yeah, so same thing with labs that won't swim at the ranch. They don't, they don't yeah. want to, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, so I did that for uh, 15 years. And then I had a, uh, it was a rescue German Shepherd that started all of this. Um, he was 15 months old. Uh and I rescued him on the day they were going to euthanize him for extreme animal and human aggression. You know, I mean, that dog bit me eight times in four weeks and drew blood every time. Wow. But uh, then uh, at nine months of really hardcore rehabilitation and uh, he could be around other dogs, uh, people, and 
people thought that I was crazy when I, you know, rescued him. And then when they saw what he became, people started asking me for help. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, this is what I do for a living. And when people told me what trainers and behaviors were telling them when it came to their dog's behavior, not training, I was, uh, I was a little surprised uh, at that. So uh, at the age of, uh, ah, well, how old was I when I started my business? I just decided, you know what, um, I'm going to step out and start my own business and uh, started out with me um, walking door to door and putting flyers on people's doors and I mean my name just caught on and what I did caught on really fast now when that happened was was like the majority of business coming at you with aggressive dogs or no was it just you know general my dog doesn't behave in the house when or yeah it was just general <laughs> um, behavior modification mm -hmm. and then after working with a few aggressive dogs it was uh it was the vets that started that because they they were getting tired of getting bit <laughs> like one of my vets told my client that she should put her three dogs down yeah three of them she's got three, uh, three of them, of them. <laughs> and uh because they were extremely aggressive yeah and i went out and i did a session with her she lived in downtown dallas and uh, her dogs want to attack other dogs or act like it and uh people on bicycles and roller skates so we're walking around in the downtown area there's a little going on and I went so where's this trail and she goes you want to go there I went that's why I'm here walked onto the trail and there's a trigger I look for in dogs that have that type of behavior that most don't look for it and I know exactly what to look for and as soon as I see that trigger I do a quick correction her dogs didn't do anything and she was like, what? <laughs> She's like, what's going on? So I told her what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I told her what I did. And I said, here, you do it. And I had her do the same thing. They had the same response. And I told her, here's what you're going to do. Because I did the one three-hour session. I said, here's what you're going to do for 30 days. She took her dogs back to the vet after 30 days. And even, our, no, it was a little bit longer than that. And her vet was like, oh, you got uh, new dogs. Uh, she goes, nope, same dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of steamrolled from vet to vet, and which is why I've been bitten over probably 50-something times. Wow. Put in the ER six times and the hospital twice. You know, people think I'm crazy, but... Well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I'm just one of those people, I don't, have a, I don't have the same response to aggressive dogs that most people have. Mm -hmm. uh, I, there's just something different in my brain that um, goes off when a dog comes at The thing that's really me. difficult about this subject of you working with the public with dogs that are aggressive, it's one thing when you're working with that dog. But to try to pass that knowledge along to people who don't know anything... Is real, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah, uh, and really, it's always people are the challenge. Yeah. But what I do is I make sure I put them in the safest situation possible. Like, even when I'm dealing with people who have dogs that 
violently fight in the same home. I make sure that I put their dogs in the safest environment possible until that behavior is gone. And it's amazing how many over the years I've worked with that, that, that do that and then their dogs, they just don't fight anymore. Everything, everything dogs do, they do for a reason. Like you hear a lot of, you know, uh, my dog is stubborn or this breed is stubborn. Yeah. No, there's no such thing as a stubborn breed, in my opinion. Um, there's miscommunication between human and dogs. Mm -hmm. Humans do a lot of things that make sense to them. It doesn't make any sense to the dog. Um, and that's what I see a lot of is like people trying to teach their dogs or communicate to them. And what they're doing makes absolutely no sense to that dog. Yeah. You know, at all. It's like the whole <clears throat> redirect and give a treat. For everything, that, that there's there's a little bit of good of almost everything, but redirecting, giving a treat. I consider dogs to be highly intelligent, uh, more than most people know. So I use that to my benefit. I'd like to think I'm pretty intelligent. So here's my thing on that: if every day I'm speeding down the street and I pass the same police officer every day, and it's the same police officer. And every day he redirects me to pull over and gives me a donut. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm gonna be a little confused, right? Yeah. But if he gave me a ticket, which is a consequence, right. that doesn't harm me. I'm not gonna like it because I gotta pay it, but a ticket's not gonna harm me. I'm gonna go, he doesn't want me to speed. Right. Yeah. So I learned that lesson. And if I do A, I get B. <laughs> and I don't want B, and that's so I'm whole, not gonna do A. From my standpoint of people who train with positive reinforcement only the dog misses the, I don't this is what they're not supposed to do a dog is supposed to learn if it doesn't have a consequence well you have a there's there's a huge uh, cookie cutter thing in the dog training world of one one method works for all dogs yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. you and know that's just, not true yeah. and so uh, and, and nobody can claim to know more about dogs than another dog. Right. And everybody who has multiple dogs have seen that there's always one dog in their pack that the rest of the dogs don't mess with. Yes. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that dog has put each one of them in their place yes. at some point. Mm -hmm. And I, it's called the... And it showcased consequence. Yeah. And, and, oh, so you have like bite inhibition. Mm -hmm. So bite inhibition starts with a mom and her puppies. Mom has puppies. There's no, they don't, they don't have any teeth. They're biting on her tail. They're biting on her ears. They're biting on her legs or paws. And then we all know the, those little razor the little shark teeth. teeth come in. <laughs> and they bite mom a little too hard. And she goes after them. Yeah, she doesn't she go, here's a cookie. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't <laughs> give them treats. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. She makes the sound. She uses her teeth. She's not going to hurt one of her own puppies. She knows it's a puppy. And I always, when I have conversations with, you know, people in my line of work, I'm like, if a dog can correct another dog, not, not, not attack it, that's not this, but if a dog can correct another dog, why can't a human? It's like positive reinforcement training. Now, let's say I sped past that police officer and he gave me the donut. And then let's say the next time I didn't speed past him, but he redirected me to pull over anyway. Because I didn't speak. And he gave me a donut. 
I'd be like, oh, I get that. <laughs> Ticket, consequence, donuts, we're friends. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's funny when people get puppies, one of the big thing I see with puppy is, is uh, they're like, my puppy's so mouthy and, they're, and their teeth are so sharp. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, what's, uh, what are they doing? What's, where, where are they doing this mouthiness at? Oh, you know, when we're holding them, when we're trying to pet them, they get mouthy. I'm like, and uh, what and do you, you do? do? And I know what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you do? They're like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, instead of putting the puppy down and going, well, you know, we're done. Mm. You try to move your hands to a different position. Yeah, which is a game. Yeah. You're playing a game yeah. now. Find the fingers. Find the fingers. <laughs> and that's what the puppy does. Puppy's like, oh. Oh, no. I'll just find them. <laughs> it's a... Uh, We've had puppies returned from rescue because because of they, that very because thing. they bite too much, and it's such an easy, <laughs> easy thing to fix. My question is always, what happened when you corrected the dog? Yeah, no, when that dog did that, yeah, you what did, did what? You did what? <laughs> and corrections, it's and, and corrections has become a really bad word in part yeah. of the dog training Absolutely. world. Absolutely, but when a correction is something like. Um, a lot of people tell me their dogs are protective of them. And one example of that's not what's happening is um, family that I worked with, the mom had a six-year-old uh, daughter and a five-year-old little boy. And she had this little Yorkie. And her two children couldn't approach her if she was sitting on the couch mm. because her dog <laughs> was protecting her. No, it's not. And well. I looked at her and I said... Uh, are you in danger from your six and seven year old children? <laughs> I'm like, no, the dog is owning you. Yeah. The, the dog is the not dog protecting you. The dog has possessed you. Yeah. Yeah, the dog is The dog's in charge. Well, Nobody I mean, else is. it is technically protecting her because the human hasn't given any direction to what the dog should do. Well, well but so a dog doesn't you, okay. a dog doesn't see it as protection. A dog will a dog can absolutely well, take ownership of yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, it, like in 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 the dog's mind it's it's something completely different, but that that's one of the difficult things I think about your job is that you have to deal with the human perception. He's training and humans. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what and, the job well, is. That's why we don't do that. And there's, <laughs> such a, and there's such a variance of human perceptions. People want want their dog to be acting a certain way even though they don't want it based on so many other personal things that that human is dealing with and it could be in my opinion just like an absolute minefield to deal with <laughs> absolutely and, and i have a, uh, but i have a way of simplifying things for almost everyone yeah um, but do you get those people that say i can't correct him because it makes me too sad uh no because um, uh, we get that. Oh, yeah. So when they see what I do first, and then they see the effect of that. Mm -hmm. So like the dog that I told her, I said, um, I'm going to have your son approach you. And the moment your dog even growls, because it growls at that, mm -hmm. I want you to go uh -uh, off and put him on the floor yeah. in a very stern, but matter of fact way. Her son approached, the dog growled, she did it, and the dog went. What the hell is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, what's the hell you put you me scrambled his mind. <laughs> and so I told her, I said, that is a correction. Yeah. A correction doesn't mean physical or psychological harm, it just means a correction. And when she saw her dog's response to that, when people see I'm not harming 
their dogs mentally or physically. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something that makes sense to the dog. Um, I, I tell you, I've only ever had in the 17 years I've been doing behavior modification, I only had two cases uh, in all those years that I had to, uh, that I had to end the session. And one was um, a client in Highland Park and I walked into her home and I talked to her for a few minutes and I said, okay, so let's, you know, leash up your dog and take your dog for a walk. And she goes, oh, oh no, no, I'm not going to walk him. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> she goes, no, I just want you to show me how to correct him. I went, hang on a second. So, so you don't want to give your dog what your dog needs, which is mental constructive exercise and leadership. You just want to punish your dog. She goes, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, exactly what you're saying. You got to walk your dog. She goes, well, I'm telling you, I'm not going to walk him. I said, you know what? You hired the wrong person. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. Um, you know, you can find someone else. She's like, no, I'm going to pay you. I went, oh, no. Uh. <laughs> you're not putting my name on anything that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm walking from her door to down the sidewalk to my car, and she's like, you're really leaving? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other one was uh, just a few years ago, and it was a couple that their dog was over the phone. They're telling me, really out of control. Mm-hmm. And I always know how when I walk a dog, I know exactly how the session's going to go when I walk them. And even 15 minutes into the walk, I went, y'all have got a great dog. This is going to be so easy. And the wife, like, lost it. Oh, 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 Mr. Drug Dog Trainer. Oh, our dog is so easy. And I mean, literally just had a meltdown. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm looking at her husband, and he's kind of looking at me like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, dude. <laughs> And I, I just said, hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm the wrong person uh, yeah. for y'all. Because she wanted you to tell her her dog was out of control. Is that mm, what I guess wanted? that's ex- that's exactly what I what I gathered from that. Well, because he, what, what he's saying, that means that she's wrong and right. she can't. <clears throat> yeah, and that was, and she was one of those people. I mean, that she was the problem and not the dog. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, the person is always the, the person is always the problem. Yeah, but she doesn't want to hear that. No. Yeah. Hey. It's just funny that most, as many people as I work with every year, um, I just, I I don't, I don't see that kind of, you know, because most people, when you're spending that kind of money to bring me in. They have an openness to try to hear you, listen to you, and and, because they're seeking help. Yes. And they're and they're willing to listen as opposed to just butt up against you as soon as you come in. I'm not walking my dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just teach me how to punish it. Yeah, and it's like now. So now I'm even doing uh, uh, phone more phone consultations. Uh, part of that is because people follow y'all all over the country, and they've tried trainers and it didn't help. And then uh, I have clients that moved to other cities, uh, but I know there was a girl in Pennsylvania that follows y'all. And she's like, I, I need serious help with my dog. I've spent this much money already mm-hmm. on dog training. And here's a picture of my half a couch. Oh, <laughs> she was not kidding when she said <clears throat> half of a couch. The other half was gone. And I did a uh, phone consultation with her. And a big part of that, because it snows a lot there, was I actually taught her... Uh, the things that she needed to do, but the big one was I taught her how to teach her dog to walk on a treadmill. 
And about two months later, she sends me a video of her dog. No leash, no nothing on that just treadmill. Just, just on it. Trucking away. <laughs> and she's like, and here's a picture of my new couch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some of the stuff that I see, as long as I've done this, some of the stuff that I see, it'll surprise me sometimes. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was pretty easy. <laughs> so I know it has to be, you know, shocking to the people when they see, like, you walk down the sidewalk and there's the wrought iron fences and you have the dogs on the other side of the fence, and they're just losing it. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're coming up on this house, and our dogs hate those dogs. And, those do-. and I went, well, what do you do when you get to the house? They sell Tense well, up and get frustrated. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> Project the anxiety onto the like, dog. You've got to get by as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, hurry. Yeah, are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah, they so, say that? Oh, yeah. Oh. So I said to... <laughs> I said to the wife, I said to the wife, I said, what would you think if every time you walked past this, past this house and your husband grabbed you by the arm every time it started running? How would that make you feel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've got their two Frenchies. There's three Frenchies on the other side of the fence. There's a couple sitting on there with their dogs just sitting there. Those dogs go off. We walked halfway through that fence and I did a little correction with their dogs, relaxed the leashes, and their dogs sat down. And the couple was like, what's happening? You're a magician. <laughs> and the other dogs, we just stood there. I said, we're going to stand right here. We're not moving. Yeah, we're just going to hang yep, out. Until we're going to hang cool. out. Yeah. And the three dogs on the other side eventually went, you guys are uh, this is no fun. Yeah, you guys are boring. It's boring as hell. We'll go back in the dog door. <laughs> and the couple sitting outside went, do you have a card? <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think the... <clears throat> And maybe it's me whenever I'm talking to people, and I, that's why I just send them to you. <laughs> it's so hard for people to identify the cues before things get out of control. Yes. That's that's the thing. Is I mean, there's so many subtle things they're showing you, but people don't see it. Yeah. They're looking for the wrong things. Like, a lot of trainers will tell you, um, watch the hair on the dog's back. Uh-huh. Oh. Now You're gone by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they've already crossed the yeah. Yeah. other little triggers. Yeah. So, the thing on the hair on the back, though, that's only going to happen if a dog has problems with the dogs, not squirrels or rabbits right. or right. or people or, or people. Yeah. Um, and again, the hair on the back means that it's already yeah, you're already ten steps it's, down the it's, line. Now it's there. Yeah. And and my thing on that is also is you ever watch the hair on the back of a poodle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a labradoodle. It, yeah. it doesn't do anything. No. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're always looking for that first thing when that dog is showing you, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about doing something. And uh-huh. that's what I look for. And a lot of times what people, they think it's a correction. They'll, they'll try to correct the dog, and then they keep the leash tight. Yeah, yeah. And that, that tension. Yeah. Uh, that tension, it, a dog literally goes into on guard. That's Absolutely. what Trav, Trav always says, is tension on the line is tension in the mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly that's what my it, little it, phrase it. I made up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, a, so smart, bro. So smart. <laughs> well, it's just, it can be hard explaining things to people, so you come up with those little, so like, hard. Just, just those little easy bits for people to just digest. Because, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've only masqueraded as a, as, as a trainer, and it's just, um, that one is... It, it'll always make you crazy. And it's, it's just like what you're saying when you go into the house and the dog's going crazy on you. You don't want an owner holding that dog on leash, tension all the way while you're coming in. 
Because you're just creating just just a time bomb. I mean, yeah, it's in protection work. You know, you're holding a dog back on purpose. Yeah. You're putting pressure there on purpose. Yeah, yeah. it's a tool for you. Right. In that yeah. Regard. <laughs> and the thing... That's like, a whole in, other animal that I yeah. want to get into, but let's just keep it basic. Yeah, <laughs> in y'all's environment, y'all are dealing with people that are bringing their dogs to y'all. So uh, whether it's daycare or the rescues, so mm-hmm. you're dealing with everything out of its environment and understanding that mine is... Uh, because I don't do multiple or weekly sessions and I'm seeing a new client like every day, six days a week. And I've been doing that for 17 years. Um, the scenarios are so uh, different and fascinating uh, because you have the scenarios with the humans, the scenarios with the dogs. Yeah. And while there's a lot of similarities in what they do, there's those little individual differences, yeah. you know, uh, that it's like people that think their dogs are aggressive. With big dogs, they hold them back. With little dogs, they pick them up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tuck them in. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Hang right. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Like, oh, just if you're watching at home, both those things are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the dog's like, ah! But see, that's true, though. The analysis that you just gave is not, it's not something that I've put a lot of thought into, but the dogs that we see and that we're working with every day, they don't own anything there. You're stepping into, you're yeah. stepping into what they yeah, own. Yours is yeah. much harder because you've got a whole host of other And crap all to of their with. little odd idiosyncrasies that they've picked up with, how, you know, how they chase the fence. That's fins ingrained or, in them or over how they and over hate again. This person they've been trained to, to own everything in their yeah. environment. And you've got to yeah. reverse all of that. And some of that could be ingrained in them for like years with doing whatever the hell they want. Oh, yeah. I mean, I work with dogs uh, as old as 10. Um, you know, uh, and at that point I have to take into account, uh, mental and physical health. Uh, some dogs are still like ready to go. And mm-hmm. some dogs at 10 are like, I'm 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing different yeah. stuff. Now. <laughs> uh, and that's one thing that drives me crazy too, is when, when people have a, a 10 or year older dog and then they're like, Oh, let's, let's go get a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> your dog is ten. Get a get another older dog, or wait till your dog is, you know. Um, and then, because I mean, well, uh, well, don't because it gives me lots of business. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's constantly irritating the older dog. Well, the only good thing about that is because we've advised people sometimes they have when you have like a really awesome dog. When you have a like, gem, when you have a gem. You have because yeah. some people someone are... who doesn't think about calling you. Yeah, yeah. And they have a gem older dog. Yes. Uh, we always tell them. And pe- many people that have a gem of an older. They dog, don't know they have a gem. They don't know how they have a gem. Almost never They've do they know. They've spent no time training this dog. This dog is just a awesome. good just dog. A yes. Yeah. They and just we, have a winner, and they don't. That's like their first dog, and you just got a winner dog. And just we by always accident. tell them, "Oh my God, you just don't even know yeah. what you have." Yeah. First yeah. of all, you hit the dog lottery, yes. okay? And we always tell them that as much as possible, especially if they come pick the dog up for boarding. How did my dog do? Your, Your dog's dog a winner. Yeah. Floats around with angel, with wings, angel wings with a halo on. <laughs> yeah, you know? but we'll tell so. them to get get another dog before this dog is gone, so, so that can dog can train up to train this dog. Yeah, for this yeah and dog. a lot of times too, it, it'll it'll take a dog that does have this mental energy of wanting to do something, but, uh, you know, the humans 
only have so much time to spend and do and then they get a younger dog or a puppy and that dog kind of comes to they come to life yeah Yeah. comes to life yeah um you know so uh yeah that's that's a big one um but yeah normally it's like yeah we got a puppy and our new dog hates it (laughs) it's in my face all the time it's in my face all the time it's in my face all the time a lot of people return a dog for that too yeah because they've chosen chosen poorly (laughs) <laughs> and what is um, amazing to me is uh, people that don't know the the importance or the difference of walking a dog versus playing with a dog. Yeah. And what I was kind of stunned by an article or something someone posted, uh, and it was a dog trainer that was going off on a particular dog trainer, and she's like, telling people they need to walk their dogs is stupid. That's like a doctor telling person they need to breathe it's like wow do you know how many people i talk with on the phone every day and i'll say you know the importance of walking your dog like well we do a lot of fetch i'm like that's fun that's physical activity that's not working yeah it's not working your dog's brain it has nothing to do with your relationship with your dog Mm -hmm. you know that's uh your your dog's a pack animal they need that pack mentality of you're the leader i'm the follower yeah you know that makes dogs happy and confident um and uh you know i saw it even in it was funny i saw it in ochi when we had the ice mageddon because uh, he was still young and he was used to being walked regularly and then he's a fetching little machine so it's you know walk one part of the day and oh fetching was how i got him off the rabbits oh my god because <laughs> he spends a lot of time off leash. wanted a jack russell Yes. <laughs> you asked for this. Yeah, and we were like, on you. Okay. <laughs> he's a Anybody great dog. Can that. Uh, trust me, he, he's off leash so much of the time because he, he will not take off for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the Ice Mageddon where I couldn't walk him, even uh, coming up with every possible thing I could to, to do something with his brain. Yeah. I saw a change in my dog in two days. Yeah. A little terrier brain. Oh, yep. yeah, just just going. And he was just... Uh, then when things got back to normal, it took me a year, uh, or a little over a year, to get him off of the rabbits. Um, I, I had him like 98% off of them. And it was just that 2%. Like, if I saw it first and went, ah, he's like, okay. But if one, once he was in a run, nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, dude, for I think like a year, I said, I'm getting a shot collar. I'm getting a shot collar. (laughs) And all my friends are like, whatever. (laughs) And uh, I have a a Frisbee that, I don't throw it like a Frisbee. It's made of this real thick canvas material. It's got a rubber ring and a hole in the middle. And I fling it along the ground like a wheel. And Ochi's fast. I mean, he's fast. Yeah. And he's obsessed with that Frisbee. So I headed out one day, and a couple of my buddies came by with their dogs he likes to play with. Uh-uh, he didn't want to play with them. In fact, he was like, ah, you don't come close to me. My Frisbee. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I've got an idea. So I brought the Frisbee out one night when there were the most rabbits out. And we started playing Frisbee. They could be two feet from him. He's like, whatever. I'll take my Frisbee. <laughs> and no more rabbits. Now yeah. I can have him out any time. And, he, and he'll perk his head up. He's like, oh. <laughs> okay, no. So, did he ever catch the rabbits? 
No. No? No, no, no. No? I had my, one of my friends, she's like my pet sitter. And you always know when, because I always tell people, when you're consistent in doing something with a dog, you know it works because the dog shows you this is working. Mm-hmm. One of the things I couldn't figure out was, with everything I was doing, was why was he not getting that picture? What, what was going on there? So we're at a friend of mine. We're all sitting on his patio in Ochi's with us. And there's a rabbit on the other side of the, the railing. And she picks up Ochi and goes, what's that? <laughs> and the look on my face, she's like, is that wrong? It's the wrongest of the wrong. And again, it's the, the intelligence of... Why don't you just stand there and do this at him? I, I was surprised she didn't sit him on the side of the fence. Get him! <laughs> uh, and she's always worried about doing something with him when she's watching. She's like, I don't want to get in trouble. Because uh, she walks him on days that I don't have a chance to walk him. She'll walk him and uh, takes him up to Bonnie Wink Park. And they have that dog park there. And she was always worried about bringing him inside. Because when we grill at my friend Steve's place, for some reason, Ochi hangs out in the garage. He won't step outside of it. Um, but if someone goes by or certain dogs go by, you know, he'll, bah, bah, this is mine. I'm like, what? Nothing is yours. And so she thought, you know, well, he's going to do something. And we took him up there, and I went, watch. He's not going to do anything. It's not his environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we walked him in there, and he was just totally like, what's going on? You know, didn't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that. It's that one little thing of just always being on the same page when there's more than one person, you know, in the home. And you're That's trying- tough. Like the pe- when we have a we have this client that um, they have multiple dogs and all their dogs are really difficult and don't do anything that they say, but they can't even get on the same page about feeding them. Their dogs are so completely overweight. I have expressed that to them, which you have to do very tenderly because they get really mad about that. And the wife is like, "It's him! It's him!" I'm like, Cut "This is him!" Like. If we can't even get on the same page about how much to feed them, you're never going to get on the same page about how to, you know, direct and, you know, what your behavior protocol is. It's, is. Yeah, it's the, all of their dogs are completely neurotic. Complete. The, every dog. I mean, we've had multiple dogs from them, you know, that passed away and they dogs get new dogs away and gotten new dogs and they just it, they, they're it's completely the neurotic <laughs> again. So it's clearly them. So I see I would pity you walking into the house. Seriously. Well, and the reason I probably don't get those clients <laughs> is. Um, a lot of people have said, you know, you should have someone answering the phones for you. Um, I can't really do hard. that yeah, because really I spend 35 to 45 minutes per phone call. And I break a lot of stuff down right over the phone. And I guarantee it's those it's the people that don't call me back and set up a session because they didn't like what I said yeah. Yeah. to them over the phone yeah. right. to begin with. You're not their jam. <laughs> I'm not their jam. And when, when you look at the, uh, the amount of information that people are bombarded with in the dog training world, um, I, I look at, because I listen to everything, I ask a lot of questions. And um, one of the ones I thought was uh, really interesting recently was I worked with this couple right before Christmas who had rescued their dog. And two weeks afterwards, they rescued the sister because she was in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. 
and they brought her in and she started showing aggression towards people. Uh, so they thought they reached out to me again. They did not. And they were told that she had sibling syndrome, which is a thing. Yeah. But it's not an unfixable thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they hired a behaviorist, um, again, because they didn't reach out to me. So the behaviorist said, okay, I'm going to come in. Before, before I come in, you have to put the dogs in a kennel in the bedroom. Huh? <laughs> and so she came in. They put him away. They, she talked to him for a little bit. She goes, now you can let him out, but you have to wait till I'm outside. So they could come in and smell I was in here. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they did. And she said, okay. <laughs> Scooby <laughs> She said, take them to, now take them out in the yard. And, and, but you have to keep them on a leash. And they have a run. Oh, my face. God. And she goes, I'm going to try to come in and give them a cookie. Oh, no. Oh, not the cookies. Man. And the female was having none of it. So they did reach out to me. I said, okay, I'm coming. I do not want either dog on a leash. I want them loose the moment that I walk in. you did that in. time, don't do any of that. Yes. <laughs> don't do any of that. Well, the opposite of everything. I'm like, let me deal with this. I walked in, and the female was just like having a fit. She didn't charge me. It's just... All bluff. So I walked past her in the mail. And she came up behind me, and she did a little on my pants leg. Mm-hmm. I want to say she's about a 40-pound dog. She could have done some damage if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So we walked past, and we walk in the kitchen, and we can't have a conversation because she won't stop barking. Yeah. And I, I let them kind of I give them some time to see if they'll, because I'm not going to pay any attention to them. Yeah. Right. And she won't stop. So after enough time, I made like a, a weird noise, which I do a lot. And it's just enough to make a dog go, sad. (laughs) So she did that, and we could talk. And all I did was simply squat down to the male and started rubbing under his chin. I'm like, hey, buddy. And ignore her. And she came over and put her head right into my hand. (laughs) And within two and a half minutes, I'm sitting on the couch petting her. It was the leash. It was. I said, everything y'all tried to do was the leash. And... And a cookie isn't always the answer. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, she's not aggressive. It's fear, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and that's the, Aaron, that is, that is we like see one so, of the that, number one things that people. They can't, pod, can, they cannot decipher between fear and aggression. Yeah. We podcasted about this multiple times to try to explain the difference between fear, aggression and aggression. Because they're not the same in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because an aggressive dog, they're, they're just coming The one you. that bit you in the chest. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's no, an aggressive dog. No, that was still fear. Yeah? A, a, an aggressive dog is coming. Like, they're coming. There's no stopping them. I mean, with them, I literally carry a tennis racket with me that gives them something to bite besides me. Yeah. Because once they've bitten it a handful of you know, times, it's not comfortable for them to bite. I mean, I'm on my second one now. They bit the other one so many times it deteriorated. (laughs) And so once they back off, you know, I can uh, work with them differently than I would a fear-aggressive dog. Like, I know exactly what an aggressive dog's going to do. A fear-aggressive dog, you just just don't know if it's this one thing I'm going to do that's going to make it Mm -hmm. react. Yeah. You know. But don't you find a lot of fear aggressive dogs 
won't bite. They they won't unless you touch Push them. Push them to Especially the... if you touch their neck. Because that's where another dog's going to try to harm them. Mm -hmm. All they know is you're touching their neck. So the one thing I know on a, on a truly fear-aggressive dog, because you have fear aggression where they'll warn and they'll snap at the air. or Get in the corner. They want to yeah. go hide. Yeah. They're going to get under the table. They're going to, you know. But then you have the ones that... Uh, that the fear that the actual biting is because um, they've grabbed something they shouldn't grab. Y'all probably all heard this story. They grab something they shouldn't. They run under the bed and the owner reaches for them and gets bit. Yeah. When a dog has a high valued possession, you, we you, get that way out in the at the ranch when they just they get a stick they get a stick oh, yeah. that they want that's falling off the tree and you gotta I mean you, you have to be careful about how you go take that back yeah you know because they own they own that and now. there's many different ways they had to approach that but honestly for us it's like we pretty much have a good idea who that dog is some dogs it's reverse psychology some dogs you you can sternly ask them to sit and they'll release it some dogs. You have to do a casual pursuit until they surrender. But the other thing that's surrender. a disadvantage for us in that setting is that there's a lot of competition of dogs who want yeah. that. Yeah. So now we've got a pack who's wanting that. And, right. we're, and we're trying to get that back, you know, without anybody getting hurt and anything to escalate because the pack mentality is different in that setting. Yeah, and anytime a dog <laughs> hides under something or backs themselves behind something, you know, you don't stick your hand in there and yeah and i don't think i've ever seen that at the ranch well they'll try to like get into the chair or try to like you know back into a den or not 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 with not, not with, not a, with an item yeah but just which, that which backing is, which is different that, remember the dog that bit you that had got on the counter and got your purse got my purse he has yeah. my yeah this is a fantastic story oh that was that's the only time i've been bit at the ranch in all my years of working that's the only time i've been bit like like really bit we were all outside taking pictures and somebody showed up to drop their dog up when they weren't supposed to. So I went back in and got the dog in and kind of snuck the dog into the pack. Because, you know, you can't just throw a dog into a pack of dogs. But I snuck their dog into a pack and kind of came around. And this other dog came into the building and took... Really old dog, too. He's a really old dog. He'd gotten onto the counter and got my purse. There wasn't even any food in it. I don't even know what he was getting. Yeah. Like our keys and stuff the like that. There's nothing in good it. in there. Yeah, there's nothing good in there. And I went to go, you know, get my purse from that dog. It's middle of the floor. There's no hiding. There's no nothing. And that dog just went after me and got got my fingers. Like, all right, it's freaking on now. I still have to get my purse because we're not gonna do that. And then he's gonna attack other dogs that are coming near it, getting trying to get my purse. I'm trying to like push it back with my leg, grabbed a hold of my leg. Just grabbed it and shook it. Okay, we still have to get my purse, but now, you know. But she's in there alone, so nobody else is in there. I'm in there alone, and my client has just left, but I don't think they're in their car yet, so I can't like scream for help for somebody to come get me, you know? I'm not gonna walk away from it, but luckily she'd heard, but I think I, I don't know what I did to get, you know, it goes fast and then you don't remember, but somehow I got that dog to let go I think I think I heard something in there that didn't sound something. right. Something. I got my things back. just don't sound right. It got you me know? twice in the hand, the same hand, and it got my thigh and and shook it. On all the times that it grabbed me, it it held on and shook. It wasn't the old bite and release. It was the grab and shake. Yeah, the one dog, the first dog that put me in the hospital for a week was uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback. 
Wow. And we're standing in the kitchen. And again, I ask a lot of questions when I talk on the phone. And I always ask about aggression. And no aggression was mentioned. And we're just standing in the kitchen. And he's beside me. And he leaned into me. And I reached down. Like, don't, yeah, don't lean into me. And he turned and just shredded my hand. Wow. Like wow. In, in, a, in a heartbeat. So I was going to say a week in the hospital is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I took him, so I took him to the ground because they ran out of the kitchen. You would have done that because you don't do blood. Well, so you get the phone not a, consultation and they never mentioned aggression no. at all. No. And so Maybe what, never, well, what, what was the reason for them calling you? Yeah, what's your reason for he calling you? He was out of control. <laughs> Out of control. I had bad, had bad. Now this is bad so Rhodesian brain. This is fifteen <laughs> years ago. Bad maybe. manners is a polite way to put it. Yeah. And so when he, I mean it was it was that fast. I mean blood's just pouring. I had to immediately grab him and take him to the ground, or it would have been a full on attack. Yeah. Right? So I get him on the ground. I got him on his side, and I'm holding him by his neck with my fingers. I'm bleeding all over him on the floor. He's going for you and, the whole time. Well, he can't. He he can't. But have because of the way I have him down, he yeah. can't move. Okay. And as I'm holding him down, I'm just waiting for him to relax so I can get up and walk out and go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Which can be a long time in some cases like that. Yeah, and so as I'm holding him down. First, the wife comes around the corner first. She's like, are you all right? Not so much. Looks like I'm all right. (laughs) For all she knows, that dog has you by the neck down on the ground. Oh, and then she says to me, oh, you know, he bit my husband like that a year ago. Oh, (gasps) thanks for sharing that. Cool. So I'll send my medical bills been great. Would have been great if you told me that before I got here. So I'm in the hospital for a week with my hand in a sling up in the air like this. And after like three days, if, if or two, maybe I'm just I'm thinking, why is my hand like this? I I can't sleep. I mean, yeah. it's just this. Yeah. I, so no one's around. I took it out of the sling, and I got it to about body level, and boom, boom, boom. Oh, then you realize why it was up. Oh yeah, it, it went wasn't, back. It up. wasn't just for shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was probably. So when you got that dog on the ground, how long did it take for him to like? Because yes, you're waiting for him to submit. You're waiting for that body to relax. Yeah, that took uh, anywhere from like ten to fifteen minutes at least. At least while your arm is just going. Yeah, I mean it's a long. Yeah, uh, and you know it feels like even forever when you're doing that. And it's funny because a lot of. Uh, trainers will tell you that that method doesn't work. And the reason they say that is because they think it's about submitting the dog. Um, the dog's pretty much a dog's going to submit as soon as you get them into that position. They'll struggle getting them down. Mm-hmm. But once they're down, they'll pretty much submit. What you're wanting is for the dog's brain to relax. To stop. That brain you know? to stop. Yes. Yeah. So it's not, you know... Um, and it's only used in ex- in extreme cases, mm-hmm. like extreme situations. I would never take a dog down for any other reason other than biting. Yeah. yeah. Like never. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you can't be mad or angry when you do it or frustrated. I mean, it's a dog. A dog's not trying to think of ways to make you angry or frustrated. They're being a dog. Right. And if you're angry in that situation, it, 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 all you're going to do is wait longer. You're just going to wait longer. If you're like... 
doing this to him. Yeah. And, and, and that's, um, I, I've heard someone say in my line of work that, you know, dogs can read your mind. I'm like, that's like saying you're a dog psychic. Uh-huh. It's not dogs can read your mind. Dogs can read your facial expressions right down to what's called micro expressions on your face. The only humans that can do that are humans that have been trained. Professional poker players, interrogators. To a dog, it comes natural. Something you're thinking or feeling, you may not realize that you're giving it away, but dogs pay so much attention to our body language, especially this, Mm -hmm. that it's like when people come home, they're like, my dog was guilty. My dog knows it did something wrong. Well, it's okay. That's I'm, like, How you, I'm like, your dog at the time it's doing something isn't thinking when they come home, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Or you're about to leave. I can't wait to deceive them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you walk in, I'm going to get into that trash. <laughs> yeah, so when a dog does do something and you correct them after the fact and you're angry and frustrated, the dog doesn't know at the time while you're correcting them. They just know like the next time you come home, they're like, okay, what mood are they coming in on? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, are they going to be mad? Uh, yeah, and you don't walk in after the dog ate half of your couch. You don't walk in and go, ah, oh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. No, most people are going to walk in like, what the hell? What did you, and the dog's going to go, oh, oh, there's that face. Yeah. You know, so I, I always tell people, if you, don't, if you didn't see it, you didn't catch them. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know. You don't get to say anything. No. It's just another day. It's really hard because <laughs> I will yell when I come in and like something has just been what in the hell? And you know I don't even know which one did it. I have ten dogs. I don't know which one did it. Except for it's always Ed. Well, <laughs> Unless it's banana bread off the counter and then it's right. Well, the and can the thing over. about yelling at a dog is when when you think of uh, a dog will bark at a dog through a window. I don't allow it. A dog will bark at a dog through a fence. I don't allow that. A, do- a dog will bark at a dog on a leash. I don't allow that. Now, ring my doorbell. I want any dog I've ever owned. It's yeah. not going to kill you until I see who it is. Yeah. Right. Um, but when a dog is warning another dog to knock it off, they're not barking in that dog's face. They're, get, they're doing that, that low growl, which says it all. Yeah. You know? And dogs just react different to us when we yell, because if we're yelling, we're usually angry or frustrated. Yeah. And then the dog's like, with you. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't make, even make the association of what it is that you're mad about. They just think, you're just crazy today. <laughs> this person's crazy today. <laughs> and, you know, with y'all doing um, uh, the rescue that y'all do, um, for anything from puppies to the older dogs, it's always... Uh, funny when I meet different people and they get dogs of different ages. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, I didn't do puppies. I didn't do any dogs under three months old because they're puppies. I mean, how many issues can they have? And they bite was, your hands and you have to return them. Yeah, it was a, it was a friend of mine uh, about 10 years ago that said, you know, if you, if you help people with their puppies, might not have so many older bad dogs. I thought, well, what am I going to do? And it took me a while to put something together and one of the interesting things I see, because I had Ochi completely housebroken at seven months old. Mm-hmm. Completely. No kennels, no nothing. Uh, I use a, I believe a kennel should be used like you'd use a baby crib. Once a dog proves to you, no destruction, no getting things they shouldn't, yep. no accidents. My home is the kennel. 
And uh, it's funny that almost everybody does the same thing when they raise a puppy. Uh, they close all their doors and they pick everything up. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're not teaching the puppy where it lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not teaching it lives in the whole home. You know, the puppy just thinks it lives in the living room. Because they can't learn unless they fail. Right. And you can set them up for simple failures so they don't become uh, like big failures. Yes. You know, and uh, it's interesting that people in my line of work don't really go into detail of, you know, you have to introduce them to your home, like your entire home. And if you have a puppy under the age of three months old, I don't care if the puppy's laying down sleeping and I'm sitting watching TV. If I get up to make a sandwich, I'm picking that puppy up and I'm putting them in their playpen. Because all it takes is that split second. Yeah, right. You know, and... And uh, that's the explanation that I always give is you have to look at this puppy as a crawling infant. You, uh, you, You don't walk away from a crawling infant on a floor. If you can't have your eyes on it, then it's not safe. See, that's an uh, interesting way of putting that. I always tell them, your dog is a four-legged, extra-mobile baby that doesn't wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> way better. It's a way better yeah, analogy. It explores everything to his mouth. Yeah. And then people are like, oh. It gives, people so, way, it gives people so many more consequences to think about. <laughs> but I might have to add that into the twist. See, there's always something good in, like, I think you could take a little bit of everything from dog training and go, yeah. is this applicable you know mm-hmm. in this particular situation like even tools uh retractable leashes are, are a oh, big controversy okay. well uh my big dogs uh for years walked off leash uh because they would not respond to anything mm-hmm. like nothing um oh geez 14 pounds he spends a lot of time off leash but i walk him on leash uh too many stories of people walking their little dogs in a coyote even yeah. in McKinney coming out of nowhere and grabbing them. And yeah. Or just another loose dog shows Or up. another loose yeah. dog. So uh, what I like about uh, the retractable lease with Ochi and with my client's dogs is once they learn how to walk and you don't have to correct them for anything and you've got them on that retractable, well, when I stop and say, okay, you can sniff, they don't have just six feet. That's a big criteria. There, yeah, there's a there's a big yeah. difference criteria. there for because it. people don't teach their dog how to properly walk first. They just have them on a. All the other people are doing well, this. and honestly, you you can really say the same thing for the dreaded choke chain or yeah. the dreaded pinch lead. Some people would think that I'm a monster, and it's like that's not a tool that you use all the time. If you give me a hundred and fifty pound unneutered mastiff who has no idea how to walk on a leash and is going to pull my shoulder out and is reactive to everything that could be a good start but you still train that dog to do deal with that for a month or so and then you shouldn't need that right but and it's it's it, it's it's basically what you're saying with the retractable but kind of in the reverse you've already mastered and conditioned your dog what it is you expect of them out of that leash you've come so far that's tried and true and tested on every single walk that you do. That is solidified. Right. Asking the public to do something <coughs> like just, that. They just don't even under, they, don't, know? they don't even make that they don't even make that correlation that we just no. made no. of my dog needs to know how to walk on a leash before I use this tool. 
They're coming, Aaron. They're coming in the door oh. at the ranch, and the people are still in the parking lot. You know, I mean, that's the retractable. They're all tied up. They're tangled together. Yeah. They're around them. They're tangled with other away. dogs they're, out there. Some are in the door. Some are out the yeah. door. The door's shut. It's and it's attached to a harness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the harness. <laughs> the harness. So it's funny because in the dog training world, there's really uh, there's two large basic. Um, of how you should walk your dog. Mm -hmm. On one side of the coin, it's the dog should heel to your left. Heel to your left! And I know that most likely they've never walked more than three dogs at a time because, let's face it, the sidewalk is only so wide. Right. (laughs) The other side of the coin is, well, the walk is for your dog. It's not for you. It's for the dog to do what they want, sniff what they want. So many people say that. They're not Mm -hmm. having any fun. Right. Yeah. So so here's... So, <laughs> it's, so here's what uh, my thing with when they're saying they should do what they want. Again, if you're walking more than three dogs and they're all doing what they want. Yes. So I'm not getting anywhere, right? So most dogs that live with people that don't know how to walk them, that's almost all they have is fun. It's play. Yes. It's, yes. So it's fun, exactly. fun, 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 fun. I'm like, where's the structure? Yeah. No one raises children and go. Who needs school? Just go on and have fun. Let's play. Just go do whatever you want to do. Disneyland every day. For 18 years. (laughs) Now, here's what I, I, and again, I I like to explain things to people and use dogs as a reference because no human or trainer on this planet can claim to know more about dogs than another dog. Mm -hmm. And when you watch dogs walking in the wild, they are not sniffing everything. They're walking like they have a purpose. I mean, you, you, they walk like I've got somewheres to be. If you watch stray dogs maneuvering through a neighborhood, they walk like they have a purpose. Yeah. If you see a loose dog and it's running and sniffing everything, that dog got out of somebody's yard. Yeah. He's yeah. having a good yeah. old time. Yeah. He hasn't He's been out that Like 20 seconds ago. He hasn't yeah. been out that long. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so many humans, I think, want to humanize a dog's brain. And which is absolutely the wrong thing to do. I, I, because as a human, I wouldn't want somebody to uh, treat me like like a dog, um, like a dog, or a <laughs> chimpanzee, or a, yeah. or a giraffe. Right. And uh, as humans, uh, when we walk, we have social psychology. We don't pay attention to position. We walk and we chat. Mm-hmm. Dogs have pack psychology. They pay attention one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And. They so when people like, well, my other dogs walked in front and it wasn't the problem, whatever. That's the gym dog, that is that gym yeah. that just doesn't care, mm-hmm. you know. But the majority of dogs care, and you put them out front, that's decision maker. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, there's another dog. Well, I gotta do something. Should I go after it? Should yeah. I run to it? Should I run from it? You know, um. It is. It's fast. It's, it's always fascinating to me to read what people in my line of work uh, say or write. Uh, one it's beha- a sad I state find of affairs. It, I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> one behaviorist actually wrote an article saying... I think it's nice that you're not doing finger quotes when you do when that. You say behaviorist or behaviorist. <laughs> yeah, she wrote an article saying you should listen to your dog's whispers. That was the title. The, the thing of the article was, when she was walking her dog, her dog got spooked by something and turned to pull her home. So she took her dog home. Oh. Oh, okay. So she just solidified by that your dog's, dog's fear. fear. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Right? So again, people go, well, that's her opinion, your opinion, that's opinions. Well, I'm going to go back to dogs again. 
<laughs> so I'm watching this golden retriever, and she's got six puppies. They're probably about 10 weeks old. And she's coming down the stairs with them. And they get to that bottom landing, and then there's about five or so more stairs. So they all come down the stairs except for one puppy. Now, the mom didn't go, everybody upstairs, he's afraid. <laughs> mom walked up, mom walked down. Mom walked up, mom walked down. She did it multiple times until the puppy just followed her down. And I went, see, she didn't solidify his fear. She just simply Showed said, him how to do it. How this is do what it. you need to do, son. Right. Come <laughs> along, son. <laughs> so it, it is. It's a, it's a crazy business to be in. Uh, it's a lot of fun, though. Uh, uh, good thing you have that attitude, because I just look at it and go, oh, I just don't want I, I want nothing to I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fine. In a, like, we'll do evaluations at the ranch, and, you know, people come in, and they have their paperwork that answers questions that, you know, mostly it tells me about them and usually less about their dog. It's just how it tells me how they relate to their dog. You know, my favorite is we have a question. It's my dog doesn't like it when. You know, fill in the blank. My dog mm-hmm. doesn't like it when we touch his tail or when, <laughs> when I wake, wake him up, up when he's sleeping, when I touch his dog. Oh. Or yeah. When I, you, you know, know, there's all kinds of things. So then I'll, that you know, sentence tells you a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. And that, that one is the, really the, that's a crazy one. The on the bed or on the couch. I always tell people dogs on your furniture is a personal preference. Yeah. I would never yep. say otherwise. But when you say to me, I rolled over and my dog growled at me. Yes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, where did your dog sleep the rest of the night? Yeah. Like, yeah. On the yeah. bed. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, what did you do after that happened? They <laughs> scooted over and gave him a little more space. Yeah, what I want to ask yeah. what I want to ask is whose bed were you sleeping in? <laughs> because to the dog, that's my bed. That's yeah. right. A dog a dog who does something like that, that is no longer your bed. I had a client um, that had twelve golden retrievers. A uh, single, wow. uh, single obviously, uh, female, obviously, a uh, <laughs> uh, lot of money, and we're working with her dogs, and we go into the bedroom, and she's got this big king-sized bed, and I went, where do your dogs sleep? She goes, on the bed. I said, where do you sleep? She goes, right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in, in the spot that they allow me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like middle of the road hierarchy unit or golden pack. Yeah. You know, it's like. And 12 dogs for, for one person, just one person that in, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's got a, maybe she don't have a busy life. So I'm just like one person, 12 dogs. Well, obviously she wasn't managing it that well because she was still calling you. <laughs> and that's the thing when people have that many dogs, they're like, well, how am I going to walk 12 dogs? I'm like, well, we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, with some, it's rotations. With some, you can actually get them uh, where you can walk them all at the same time. you got to be good, though. Uh, yeah. So I have to break it down into increments of how they're going to uh, do that. you got to know who's who and, you know, who's your problem and, you know, put out your fires before, you know, you get chaos. I worked with a family that lived in Frisco, and they had seven golden retrievers and moved to the country. After a few short months, one of the females started attacking the other dogs. Wow. And I said, mm-hmm. you stopped walking them, didn't you? 
They're like, well, yeah, we have all this land now. They oh, can no. run They're getting all that yeah. exercise. Yeah. I'm like, that's not that's not exercise. That's physical exercise is not mental exercise. If I had a nickel for every time I've said that to a client, like there's a big difference between those two things. You know, well, it's 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 also different in that case too because it's like we had the structure, we had the routine, and then what do we do? We moved. We moved to a completely new place. I took out, as, as a human, I took out all my structure and routine and then just said, run wild, children. Make your own pack dynamic, and I'll be involved in that. And, and it, was, it would be like if you did the same thing with, if you had seven children yeah. and you moved to the country and Here's went, a bunch of BB guns, kids. Make your own law. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we're not going to parent you anymore. Yeah. You get to make all the decisions. Yeah. Well, Somebody's going to shoot somebody's eye it's out. Just, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just funny how, like, once again, it's, it's, it's that human projection where, yeah, we had the structure and routine. Now we moved to the country. Dogs should love the country and be able to run around. And they just think that, like, I don't know what. Like, it, it, like everything's just, like, you don't have to do everything that you've done anymore for, like, these, these last years or months. or. And, and most dogs are going to need structure their entire lives. I mean, when yeah. they get to a certain age where they have just really slowed down, like Ochi right now is just turned three last month. And, um, I go to bed at 11. I put Ochi to bed. I still put Ochi to bed at nine 30 mm-hmm. and they're not in the kill. He just goes in his bed. Mm-hmm. And, and I do that because of all the stuff, the walks we do, the fetching we do, the, little routines I set up for him it without fail come like 9 20 at night it's that same look what are we doing <laughs> and like you're going to bed <laughs> because I know he either wants to play some more or it's gonna be um he's, he's gonna want to chew on one of his chews that just means more water and I'm like yeah we're not doing that yeah now once he turns uh, five, which I've pretty much done with, with with all my dogs. Once he turns five, then I probably won't do that anymore. Because, but he's also a working breed. Oh yeah. So he's not a couch potato. I like couch. Potatoes. I like couch potatoes. <laughs> I like to. I like to get to like seven o'clock at night, and my dogs are all asleep with little. I mean, just like X's over their eyes. <laughs> Because I didn't get a Jack Russell. <laughs> I, would, I would never get a Jack Russell. Wait and. Um, I don't remember if I told you why I chose him, no. that breed. No, you didn't. I'm still scratching It sounded my like head. you wanted a challenge. <laughs> so my plan that, after... That, 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 I, that's what I remember from it. I was like, <laughs> okay, Aaron wants something wrong. He wants a little hard little terrier. I, well, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm a sucker for a terrier. I love working with a little terrier dog because they're so focused and intelligent. Smart. And they're so incredibly loyal. And so I was just like... All right. <laughs> well, my choices were I, I was either going to get, after I lost Karma, I was either going to get a Rottweiler, a Pitbull, or a Belgian Malinois. I wanted wow. a dog you that definitely chose right. <laughs> I wanted a dog that uh, looks scary, but I could show people they're not scary at all. Uh, I wanted a working breed. And before that happened, I worked with a client um, that were in their mid seventies that got a Jack Russell puppy. Oh, oh, that's a poor choice. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, why would you do that? <laughs> so I pull up to their mansion. Now they were uh, very active for their mid seventies. They were bicyclists. They were runners. You're still mid seventies. This dog is going to live like 17 years. Exactly. Yep. So 
the puppy's seven months old. He's, they've got him in the kennel. I'm talking to him for a few minutes. And the wife eventually points at the kennel and goes, he's crazy. <laughs> I said, okay, let him out. She lets him out. And he starts doing those puppy zoomies. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, there we go. It's on. Yeah. So 30 minutes into the session, I said to them, you got really lucky and you've got a good dog. And the wife's response was, do you want him? <laughs> oh, I wanted that dog. <clears throat> but I wasn't going to. I didn't feel right taking somebody's dog. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she offered him to me two more times before I left. Wow. In that three-hour session. So at the end of the session, I'm getting their cheat information ready of what we did and what they need to do. And he's laying down up against the bar, kitchen bar. And the wife points at him and says, that hasn't happened in seven months. I'm like, what? She goes, him laying down outside of his kennel. I said, oh, we exercised his brain. So I got all their stuff ready. I packed up all my stuff and I'm leaving and I'm walking out the door and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, be bad, be bad. Because <laughs> I wanted that dog. <laughs> Week goes by, I don't hear anything. Two weeks go by. I called him up and I'm like, I'm just checking. She goes, oh, he's like a whole new dog. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then y'all rescued Atari. Yeah. And, uh, I immediately was like, I, I want my pick. <laughs> and what's funny was, was when I first saw the picture of Ochi, because it was my friend that was following all that and uh-huh. told me about him. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw Ochi, I'm like, that is one ugly puppy. <laughs> She's like, he's not ugly. And then, of course, you know, when I saw him, once he kind of sprouted out just a little bit, uh, I didn't know I was going to pick him at the time. He was just the one when... We went over there to meet the three of them that came over um, to me. Have so, you heard anything from his siblings? I heard from one of them uh, a couple of times, the other male. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was having, she's like, how's Ochi doing? <laughs> <laughs> Your dog's like doing calculus over there. And, the dog's like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I talked to her. Uh, I talked to her for a little bit. Um, and I haven't really heard back from her, no, you know, since then. But uh, I never heard from the people that took the uh, the sister. Mm-hmm. So we haven't either, which means it's worked out. Yeah. You know, we well, always cross. We only hear back. We, we always hope. I mean, every rescue dog is microchipped to us. So if it ended ended up anywhere or something, I mean, we would know about it. Yeah. But sometimes people just. Oh, and, and the, everything, everything's fine. Are they like their privacy or whatever? Yeah, yeah the lady that has uh, Atari, uh, she reaches out to me from time to time, or she makes comments on my uh, educated dog Facebook page, which <laughs> um, so. So let me ask you a question because obviously we rescue you know a lot of dogs that are from mills that grow up in a cage. Has that? <clears throat> Has that been enlightening for you to, to work with dogs like that? Because it's different than, you know, spoiled dogs living in a home doing whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the thing with the mill dogs, and I think uh, what a lot of people don't understand in those situations, is the, the people in the home tend to hold on to the dog's past more than the dog does. Exactly. Um, and people don't all also understand when a dog, uh, a rescue comes into their home, especially a mill dog, it takes 
that dog a full three months to for its full personality to come out. But it also depends on which way are they fostering that personality. Yeah. You know, because uh, if it's not structure. Um, a lot you, of times it's just too much compassion, you know. Oh. And they can't let the dog. Yeah. That's it, it, like people think people don't realize dogs don't dwell on their past. Right. right. And they, they feel really sad. It. They real feel really sad. For that they got to hug them up all extra for all those times that they didn't get a hug. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, and I'll tell people, the reason I know dogs don't dwell on their past, I, I know they don't, it's not my opinion, is because that dog, if it didn't come into your home and it went to go live with another group of dogs, it wouldn't walk into that group of dogs and go, if you just knew how I had it before. <laughs> yeah. Because the other dogs wouldn't care. Yeah. yeah. The other dogs wouldn't be like, gee... Looks like you've had it really bad. You can have all my treats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and come wait next to me. I'll pitch you. Yeah. Over and over again. They're like, this is our pack. This is how it works. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let's be dogs. Yeah. And uh, Let's be dogs starting today, right now. Let's go. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And I know. Stop being weird. Yeah. I know people <laughs> have heard from trainers that, you know, dogs don't remember anything past five minutes. They're, I think they're mistaking dogs don't dwell on the past. Oh, they remember. Yeah. They rem yeah. It's like when you have you ever seen a rescue dog um, that has not seen its owner for like a couple of years? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's first, it's not sure, and then it gets that good yeah. smell of them, and then just Goes loses nuts. it. Yeah. Looks at yeah. the energy signature of that person and yeah. is like, yep, that's who it is. That's, and that's how fantastic a dog's memory is. Yeah. It's just that whole, you know, uh, don't hang on to their past for them. It's like when I work with aggressive dogs, I, I think the hardest thing is getting uh, the, uh, the the owners, you know, getting the humans past that, you know, once your dog says you can trust me, you know, you have to, you know, you have to trust them. Yeah. You know, because if you're hanging on to it, the dog's not going to let go. Right. Yeah. One of our neighbors rescued his son's pit bull. And he's walking up or walking by one of my friends and he's like, no, don't use it. He's aggressive. Don't. No, no. And I'm watching him, and I'm watching that dog. And I walked right up to him. Big old brown pit bull. I walked right up to him and just started petting him. I'm like, your dog's not aggressive. <laughs> what you're describing is not aggression. Uh, and he's worried about him with the other dogs. And I immediately brought Ochi out. And I knew, because I knew the dog wasn't going to do anything. And he... Uh, and Ochi's like fine with him, but even Ochi, I don't know, he sniffed Ochi's butt or something, and Ochi did a little ah! Mm -hmm. And even the, the pit bull was like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 so it's, uh, and, and you can tell he's relaxed a little bit. It took me a while to work him past the part of, you know, your dog's not displaying any type of aggressive behavior at all you yeah. have this conception in his head just because of its breed uh no he was uh it it uses all muscle to walk and he uses all muscle to control it and uh, i think when he first got it was bringing it home it you know how dogs will act aggressive in a car yeah, yeah. but they're not actually aggressive they're just yeah. doing that whole you know this is my space type of thing uh 
and I think it was ju- that was just enough for him to become concerned. Mm. It seems like the common the common thing that we hear over and over again is my dog's aggressive on a leash, just aggressive on a leash when when they're not aggressive on a leash, but that's. The, it might be for you, that's but it's the, not, that's the, not the leash. That's the part to bring them back down to understanding that it's... Well, and everybody tightens up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't understand the concept of correct and relax. Yeah. And correct and relax. Uh, it's that, you know, you tighten up and you hold tight and you're sending that message to the dog of there's definitely something wrong. Yeah. And uh, I think... You know, when I talk to people <laughs> and I ask them how many days a week do they walk their dogs, and they're like two. I'm like, twice a week? That's it? And well, two is probably a lie. It's probably once every two or weeks. Or not yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, it's probably like <laughs> twice this year. Yeah, it's know. like when your dentist asks you how many times you've lost. <laughs> you know, you say like, you know, yeah, most days it's, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, um... It's just a, it's, it, it's a fascinating world to be in. And for me, cause every situation is different. I walk into a different situation, you know, different dogs, different people. Uh, everybody has their, um, their preconceived notions of, you know, what their, why their dogs are doing what they're doing. And then it turns out it's not that at all. It's, you know, their responses to they ne- what... They never understand why it's happening. In a pack of dogs, they usually don't understand who the instigator is. They, they misidentify that. They, they, they don't see the signs of things that are causing this before to happen starts. before it starts. <clears throat> I'm always, I'm People always am- are exhausting. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, like the, the emails that we get... Because right now, owner surrenders is just like, boom, boom. I mean, it's just constant. The emails that we get, almost always they're aggressive. Like they've bitten somebody in the home. They've bitten another dog. They've bitten. Well, no rescue is going to take a dog with a bite history. There's, we're just not going to. Right. <clears throat> but the other thing that's always troubling to me is people who are going to surrender their dog because they've had to move into a place that was smaller. And the dog doesn't have enough. There's just not enough. There's not enough space to run around. To, to run around, so that they think it's cruel to like. And I, I've counseled people before at the ranch and in person, that I said I, if I had to live in a travel trailer, it wouldn't make me get rid of my dogs. No, and people have a uh, this thing about a dog needs a big yard. Yes. That the thing about a dog needs a big yard. Uh, so a big yard is the same to a dog. Once a dog has been out multiple times in that big yard, yeah, that big yard is pretty much the same thing as somebody offered you um, a home for free, mm-hmm. a really nice home. It's for it's free. You'll never pay bills. You'll never pay tax. Nothing. It's free. Yeah. Here's the conditions it comes with. You can only have furniture, no phones, no TVs, no computers, no books, no radio, nothing. You can only have furniture, and you can't leave. It's a fantastic and analogy. And you can't leave. It's a fantastic <laughs> and analogy. You can't, you can't leave. And you can't leave. Who, who, who's going to want that? Exactly. So um, the amount of people I work with that live in high-rises and apartments that have multiple dogs and big dogs, 
when they understand that even in a, in a large home, in, in a big home, what what is what is a dog typically doing if you're not engaged with them? They're sleeping. They're sleeping. They're yeah. really not doing anything. Yeah. They might interact with each other a little bit. It's not bit. like they're doing the stairs for fun, uh, you know. And the thing that, like, we my, turn on the treadmill. Like, you know, we've got a lot of property out here, and we've got a big house. If I put my dogs like out the front door, like go ahead and run out there, you know what they do? They'd wait on the porch. Yep. For me to open the door back up again. Because they don't care they don't about care that. Care about that? They want to be where I am. My dogs would never run away. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna stay right here. <laughs> they might squirrel for a little bit, and then but they'd they be would, right back. They would be right back. Right back. And that's the that's what I always say to people is your dog wants you. That's what it wants. It wants you, and you can exercise your dog without having to have a big yard for it to go run. But I love that analogy. That's a fantastic analogy. It is. Yeah, it's, Aaron's always full of great analogies. <laughs> <when it's laughs> I'm, so I, I'm still on the uh, extra mobile baby without a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> so Super to, fast baby. I have to come up with all these things. That's how I get across to my well, clients. Well, to make it click. Yeah. yeah, it clicks. Because if I say it's just because I'm saying yeah. that they should do it or it should be done, uh, but if I come up with something that makes them go, oh, you just have to think about it in that a different makes way. Sense. Yeah. It's it's like one of the uh, it which is a obedience command. I mean, I still help people with it, um, but it's when people go when I call my dog, my dog won't come to me. Yeah, and I always say it's when your dog is in the backyard, and they're like, yeah. I said, do you know why the dog won't come to you? Because first of all, you've never taught the dog to come yes. properly. <laughs> That's now, a big one. <laughs> now the dog's in the backyard. And it's like smelling or doing something that it's really enjoying. And you're telling it, come, come, come. And then the dog figures out, oh, you can't make me come. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. Almost everybody, and I mean almost everybody, when the dog's in the backyard, the only time that they call their dog to them is to make it go inside. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't call their dog to them and go, hey, dog. Yeah. Go ahead. It's always to go inside. Yeah. yeah. So the dog gets that. Mm -hmm. Now, if I was standing by a closet, and every time I called you over to the closet, and you got near, <laughs> and I shoved you in the closet and closed it, how many times am I going to call you? You're going to keep <laughs> Right? You'd be lucky if you get two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they figure out. I'm like, you've, you've got to teach them first. You've got to teach them to come. And, and people don't... And that coming isn't bad. And people, a lot of people don't understand even the difference of teaching a dog um, basic skills, sit, stay, downhill, here, and tricks. Because like, well, I don't care if the dog does tricks like sit. I'm like, that's not a trick. That's not a trick. <laughs> that's a basic. I yeah. people saying that. You, you have to have, your dog has to have some basic... Basic commands. vocabulary. Yes. And... Uh, for me, most trainers are going to use come. I use here. Here is the big one. I mean, here is like when I say here, I, you, you come here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and uh, I work hard on when I do basic commands with my own dogs that I have uh, rescued or raised. Um, you know, I work weeks and weeks and weeks on those commands. Yeah. That's what it takes. It's what it takes. People don't understand that. To lock in, especially come, 
because <clears throat> by the time you you're at come, they're, away they're usually off leash. And a lot of times they're, it's in a dangerous situation and you need them to come right now. Yeah. Right. But but to the po- to get to from that point to starting to them to come when you call them, there's hours and hours and yeah. hours of oh. repetition, 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 repetition for them to learn that. Yeah, I spend minimally <laughs> on the hear command. Uh, I do minimally four solid weeks yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, that whole we train your dog in two weeks. No, I've done this for almost 40 years. Um, I've been in different fields of dog training and I've never met a trained dog in two weeks. No, it's it's uh, and it's a funny thing when you go into different fields of doing uh, dog work. Like I hear uh, trainers tell people never play tug with your dog. It makes them aggressive. Mm -hmm. Don't play tug. It makes them aggressive. So 15 years of training and working with drug and bomb and human detection dogs. Uh, In this pocket here, I'd have a pouch uh, that's the reward for the dog when it's looking. So they're doing a search, they find what they're looking for, they alert to it, Um, you give them, you throw them the toy, they bring it to you, you tug for a few seconds, you say out, you put it back in your pocket. Yeah. So I did that for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not tug that makes a dog aggressive. It's when the human is playing tug with the dog and then they go, ah, okay, well, I'm done. And the dog picks it up like, oh, you're done because you're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm the winner because yeah. I won. I've just bested you. And <laughs> in dog psychology, the winner is, is stronger and the, the stronger is the dominant one. Yeah. You, you know, because uh, if you watch two dogs play tug, it's not one dog wins one time and another one. It's the same dog that wins every time. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, I can tell you out of my pack which one wins every time. It's Lamont. <laughs> no, out of my pack. <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's always going to be the same one. Yeah. And me, I just I, I never take from a dog at the end of a game. I say the word out. And when I say out, that means Game's you, over. you open your mouth yeah. and your mouth moves away from mm-hmm. it. And then, you know. Uh, because you're reinforcing that I'm the winner. Yes. You and can I want play them with to it give. sometimes, but I'm the I'm. We'll I'm play the with it together, but I still win. Well, and and, 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 and you're conditioning that me as the human, as the leader, always wins. Because if my dog has a hold of a copperhead snake, and I tell you to drop it, well, you need to drop it, uh, or or you know a turtle or a or rabbit. or anything else that you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, tell Diggity Dog to drop his rabbit. You know, those are you know those those times those those can be life and death times. That, yeah. That's why I always feel like I'm so like particular about you know those types of you know just basically always winning those battles. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and I use reward too. Like um, uh, my dogs have always been taught, even if we're outside playing fetch, that at the end of the game they have to carry the toy all the way inside, all the way to the kitchen, and then they have to out, and they either get a treat or they get ice water. Mm -hmm. So that is the routine, and I've done that with every dog, and it's funny when you give a dog a particular job and their brain gets stuck on that. uh, With Karma, my yellow lab, we were outside playing fetch, and uh, one of my neighbors came out, so I walked over to his, sidewalk and was talking to him for a little bit and because we were talking i didn't want her sitting there holding the ball the whole time so i said karma out and i'm talking to him and then i said okay well i'll see you later 
And I said, okay, let's go. And I walked down the sidewalk to my sidewalk and I'm about halfway up my sidewalk. And I, I looked back to say something to Karma and she was still sitting at his sidewalk. <laughs> and she just sitting there and I went, Karma, here. And she goes, oh! And I'm like, what is... It's not how any of this works. I was yeah. carrying the ball. Yeah. Do it wrong. It's <laughs> not how any of this works, <laughs> mister. And when you give those those routines, you know, uh, it really, that's something that they totally enjoy. And you're making that brain do something. Right. And which will bring me back to your small, I don't care if you're in a small apartment, if you're giving your dog mental and physical exercise, if you're giving them both, for the most part, you'll know you're giving them enough because they're just laying down yeah. when you're home. Yeah. Right. They're relaxed and calm. <clears throat> it was like during the pandemic when people started having to stay home with their dogs and they're like, our dogs are crazy. And almost all of them, you know, I'm like, why do you think your dog is crazy? It's like, because they want to play all of the time. And I went, so what are you doing? We're playing all the time. <laughs> and I went, yeah. stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if I'm home on a regular day that when I'm supposed to have a client, but for some reason I, I don't, it's rain or whatever. If I'm sitting at the desk um, during normal work hours, I work like I'm working. And Ochi knows that. So... He doesn't try to engage me in play. Now, occasionally, he'll get right in my peripheral vision. Like, you ever seen how meerkats will sit up on their butt and they look around like this? Well, he can do that perfectly. It's called say please. And sometimes, so he'll get right in my peripheral vision and he'll do that please. So I'll say, okay, and I'll pick him up. I'll put him in my lap and continue to try to work. The only problem is he wants his head to go right where the mouse is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I'll, and I'll twist him this way. And uh, he wants to come right back over here. It's almost like he can, I'm like, well, then I'm gonna put you on the floor because dad can't work if I can't touch the mouse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's. The pandemic was really quite a thing with dogs. I mean, I can imagine what what you saw from it but we saw a lot of bad things come out of there like at the end you know as people were starting to come back out you know they got a dog during the pandemic but they didn't socialize their dog at all that's what i'm dealing with right now one and a a half year old dogs that are a mental mess that are a mess they're just a mess they haven't been around other dogs they haven't been around other people um that was a horrible time for dogs now it's turning into a horrible time for the owners uh, and it's also a horrible time for the shelters because everybody got a dog. Everybody got a dog, and now their dogs are bad because they didn't know what to do. Or and they now were, they want to get rid of them. And now they just get rid of them. And just because they got a dog doesn't mean they're a good home. So then they don't, now we don't, oh, we don't want this dog. We got called yeah. back to work, and then they just the shelters, and they pile them in the shelters, and the shelters, and the shelters. During that time, because, you know, we deal with a lot of mill dogs and mill owners. During that time... The mill owners are just making money hand over fist. They can't produce enough puppies. They cannot produce. They're breeding. They're breeding ten-year-old females be, that they would normally like get rid of by then because they want every dime that they can get. So the production of puppies was and the intense. prices, and the you know the the pet stores are just 
going crazy with selling them all. And, you know, and now we see that the ramifications of them behaviorally, but also the, what it's done to the rescue world with the, we're just inundated with dogs, inundated with owner surrenders, inundated with shelters. The, the Dallas shelter now, if you want to owner surrender your dog in there, they're giving you a date like a month out. You can come like August 20th and take your dog, which is crazy. So you know what people end up doing? They just dump them on yeah. the street. Well, and even owner surrenders, those are the first dogs to be put down. Yeah. So you still get a month date out for the, your dog to immediately be put down. Right, but they, they just don't have any place to put them. In, in the meantime. In the meantime. So it was, de- I mean, it was devastating for dogs in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. Shelters like Collin County, which, you know, during the pandemic when we're trying to rescue dogs, they don't even have any because everybody's any. getting a dog. Yeah. Now is just inundated and they're putting dogs to sleep. And they, and they, because Collin County shelter is usually, you know, it's, it's, they're not overcrowded. They're, they have enough runs for dogs. They got dogs in crates in the hallways. Yeah. Plano, just, same thing. Plano's And nuts. if you call them about a stray, they don't, they won't come get no. it. Yeah. They oh, won't wow. even come pick it up. They don't have anywhere to put it. No. It's bananas. It is. See, that's why I was amazed about the couple that got that Belgian Malinois puppy. I think he's seven months now. They've only had him for three weeks, and for that particular dog, because you know, those dogs go between ten and twenty thousand dollars a piece for a dog. The really? Friends just, yeah. Well, like a like a good one. Yeah, for a, yeah, <coughs> uh, because they're the number one military and yeah. police dog now. Yeah. Huh? You know, they took over for a reason. Uh, yeah. Their intensity is they make German Shepherds look passive. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Also, they're physically like a little bit smaller and a little bit more, more agile. More agile. Athletic, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you, <laughs> if you you see a uh, you see a guy in a scenario where he's in a bite suit and you send a German Shepherd after him, a German Shepherd will basically most of the time run right up on him and grab him or maybe leap out from about five or six feet. Uh, Belgian Malinois will leap out from about 12 to 14 feet. Yeah. Um, I've seen one pull a guy in a full bite suit out of a van window while it was, it's only going about five miles an hour, but it, you know how heavy those suits are. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And for it to literally pull the guy through the window, you know, that's, oh, uh, that's an intense... That's an intense, it's an intense dog. breed. Yeah, it really is. And the amount of uh, exercise that that they need. Yeah. You know, it's a big fat no thank That's you. That's what I don't want. That. <laughs> I, I mean, I tell my clients that all the time. I don't want a working breed like that because nope. I've already worked with dogs all day. Yeah. Today, when I go home. I want my dogs to be lazy and tired because I'm all done. Those dogs over there. Those, yeah. that. That's what you I want. want. That. You just go lay down. <laughs> all my dogs know what go lay down means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still for me, like I have to switch my exercise routines with Ochi to the season. Um, so in the winter, I do playtime in the morning and then I'll do the walk in the afternoon because it might be warmer. Mm-hmm. In the summer, I have to change that to first thing in the morning and then the playtime in the afternoon because it's just too hot. And yeah. I'm not a nighttime walker. I would just rather get the get walk over. over in the morning. And plus, I know I'm leaving behind a, a mentally just done dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have like video cameras inside, so I can even see what Ochi does. And for the most part, what he does is he's got a bed on the end of the couch, and that's pretty much where he lays. Um, you know, so I know exactly where he's at. And, you know, th- because of the amount of Frenchies that y'all rescue mm-hmm. and put into homes, and then I get called into their homes, 
uh, I really have to, and thankfully they, they listen, um, express to them the importance of they've still got to walk their dogs yeah. regardless of the heat. They've got to do it in a safe fashion because a lot of people, if they, especially if the dogs didn't come from y'all uh, and they have a Frenchie, they're like, oh, we just can't walk on this breed. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's, there's, a, there's a safe way. You can't just shut down a dog because... Wait till it's cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your phone. There's a temperature swing. So <laughs> usually that's like 9, 10 o'clock at night or 5, 6, 6 in, the morning. in the morning. And mentally, like mentally, walk, walking for a dog is pretty much as important to them as talking is for a human. Yeah. yeah. So in any relationship, and when we have dogs, we have a relationship with that species. It can't be one-sided. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine trying to be in a relationship, especially, let's say, as, as a guy, and saying to your, your girlfriend or your wife, I, I, I love you, uh, we're going to have fun, I'll give you affection, uh, some food. I know, it's a human and a woman you need to talk I'm just going to prefer for the next three months you don't talk to me. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see how that goes over. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're going to be out of there like uh, right then. Yeah. And, and dogs that live with humans cannot constructively exercise their own brains. They rely on us. Yeah. They can destructively do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like eating half of the Eat couch. Eat half the couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a client, and he he adopted this pit mix puppy. Just, and maybe this is harder when the dog is just really stupid. Like some dogs are just really just not that bright. Some dogs are really smart. Some dogs not that bright. This dog is not that bright. He's only got one eye. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And and he's a pup on top of it. So he's got like all these strikes oh, against him. And the, like the guy would drive him here for daycare to you know socialize this dog and everything and that dog would eat his truck on the way there literally like eat parts out of the truck i'm like well maybe maybe put that dog in a crate in Ooh. your truck no he likes it okay he's having fun okay yeah. okay so, have your dog eat your truck and, and, i don't know what to yeah, tell it, you it, our, our line of work is so different because it's like we normally <laughs> stop ourselves from saying things you get to just say because they called they you. They paid you right. for yeah. you to but, say but things nobody, to them. Nobody asked me about my opinion or, or, or my or my, my opinion of what, what they are doing. So it's just more or less like, okay. 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 You know? <laughs> Sometimes they ask and then um, I'm just like you. I'm just, okay, I'm just going to bombard you. Yep. With, I'll yeah, let with you have it. If you, you want to know. Door, I'm going to kick but, it in. But otherwise, it's like if I start talking without being solicited, you know, you could be perceived as a jerk. Yeah, I, 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 always, the... I always say to people when they ask one of those questions, I'm a pretty honest person. Do you really want yeah. to hear what <laughs> yeah. I have to say? You open the door, but now there's a chain lock. Do you want to <laughs> undo? Do you want me the... to undo the chain? <laughs> Why yeah, you, you should hear well, you, the silence on the other end of the phone when I'm having a phone conversation. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine some long pauses. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really <laughs> quiet. You're like, are you still? Uh, yeah, no, I'll just, uh, I'll just let him, like two for a second, <laughs> and then I'll go. Now let me explain. Why is it? <laughs>